there. I'm Leslie Marshall, co-hosting in this hour with me. Uh, and next hour will be Brad Bannon, who runs Bannon Communications Research. I'll tell you about them and him. You probably know him by now. Before I bring him on, two things I want to let you know about. One, when you are in line to vote, and if your polling place closes at 8 p.m., I think all the polling places closes, right, or they have different times. Well, let's say it's 8 p.m. as it is here at my polling place, although I voted this morning. Once you are in line, you are legally allowed to vote. So in other words, as long as you are in line, you don't have to be in um, your uh, voting station. Once you are in line to vote, so if you walk into line at 7.59, you are legally entitled to cast your vote, even though technically you'll be voting past 8 p.m. if that's your uh, closing time. That's the first thing. Second thing I want to share with you that there was a ruling, uh, some of you may or may not know, uh, that Donald uh, Trump um, had a request uh, legally, and the judge has denied that. Um, there was uh, a Nevada court judge who denied a request today from Donald Trump's campaign lawyers to issue an order directing a county registrar of voters to preserve and separate ballots from voting machines in four early voting sites in Clark County, Nevada. Now, in legal briefs filed last night, Trump's lawyers had asked for an order to have the pertinent early vote ballots not to be commingled or interspersed with other ballots after the campaign alleged the county registrar kept polling locations open beyond their designated um, hours. Now, the judge, Gloria Sturman of the District Court for Clark County, Nevada, uh, ruled from the bench saying that county registrar voters Joe P. Gloria was already obligated by state law to maintain the records that the Trump campaign was seeking. So the judge at times expressed frustration with Trump campaign's lawyer, Brian Hardy. She, um, and he said, quote, she said, quote, I am not ordering him, referring to Joe P. Gloria, to preserve anything. This is election day. He has other things to be doing. That's an exact quote. Now, the Trump campaign said that Joe P. Gloria kept polling locations open two hours beyond the designated closing time. The lawsuit targeted polling places in the greater Las Vegas area that have larger minority voting precincts. Dan Coolen, a spokesperson for the county, told CNN no early voting station extended their closing times. Zero. They did, however, process voters who were in line. So to my point, if you were in line before 8 o'clock, you get to vote. So when you see people waiting one, two, three hours in line, they're going to get to vote. So, of course, it, it, technically, you may be voting after that time because legally they can't take away your right to vote. So, in other words, they didn't hold the place. It's not like they changed the hours. They just followed the law of allowing everybody in line at closing time uh, to vote. Now, uh, they say, from the polling, it appears that Nevada is so close that the Trump campaign thinks it's worth challenging any violation of voting protocol. The numbers that came in could represent several thousand people across the four precincts, and that could determine who wins the Electoral College voter change the Senate race. That's according to Robert Lang from the University of Nevada uh, in uh, Las Vegas. Now, the Trump campaign is smart to put a marker down for a future challenge, considering what happened in 2000 in Florida, is what they said. Officials within the Republican National Committee have declined to f further discuss their action with reporters on a conference call earlier today. Now, in a statement today, Charles Munoz, Trump's Nevada state director, said that the development should be troubling to anyone who is interested in free and fair elections. 
Voters who showed up after the scheduled closing times at selected locations were allowed to vote, while those who were not able to make it to other early voting sites by the posted closing times were denied the the right to cast their ballots. Even more concerning is that Clark County employees seem to be facilitating illegal activity at the direction of Joe Gloria, whose primary function is to ensure the integrity of elections in Clark County. So the registrar's office said in a statement that the Trump campaign's request to preserve the records is required by state law. So in other words, the request is something they're already doing. Uh, The Nevada Republican Party chairman, Michael McDonald, told the Trump audience in Reno over the weekend that polling locations were kept open late so that a certain group could vote. But that was not true. He said last night in Clark County, they kept a poll open until 10 o'clock at night so a certain group could vote. That's what he said at a Trump rally. He said the polls are supposed to close at 7. This was kept open until 10. Yeah, you feel free right now. You think this is a free and easy election. That's why it's important. Clark County, by the way, includes... Las Vegas, its suburbs, and that's a very large Hispanic population. It could figure prominently into who wins the White House. At the rally over the weekend, Trump suggested that the polling locations extended closing time, allowed voters to cast their ballots, and it was a sign of a rigged system pitted against him and his campaign. Quote, it's being reported that certain key Democratic polling locations in Clark County were kept open for hours and hours beyond closing time to bust and bring Democratic voters in. Folks, it's a rigged system. It's a rigged system, and we're going to beat it. We're going to beat it. But the reality is that is not the truth. They just allowed the people in line. And Las Vegas is one of, if not the most densely populated areas of the state of Nevada. So it would meet. And also a lot of people work. So they would come after work. Right. Understand um, that, you know, they 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 would come after work. Um, the other thing, do you, do you notice how it's only a rigged, you know, it's a rigged system if you think you're going to lose? Hillary Clinton's not talking about being a rigged system. I have seen allegations of fraud on both sides. I have seen allegations and video of alleged tim- intimidation. And I want to bring up one more thing before we take a break and bring Brad in. There are people out there that seem to think, because I mentioned this in the, the report, that bussing people in is voter fraud. It isn't at all. Why is it okay for Trump supporters to give Amish people a ride to vote when they can't drive? Why is it wrong for Democratic pastors to pick up their parishioners who don't have a car or money for bus fare? That's not illegal. That's not fraud. Simply providing transportation. And it's legal and allowable whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. I'm Leslie Marshall. Brad Bannon will join me right after this. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. Leslie's just working through a technical problem, so we're going to bring back on Brad Bannon. This is Mark Ramoldi with Brad while Leslie uh, fixes the issue on her end. Brad, uh, welcome in. Nice to talk with you again today. Yeah, Mark. Uh, I'd like to make note of a couple of things uh, Absolutely. Leslie said in her opening. Uh, first, uh, there, back in 2012 uh, in the Obama-Romney race, uh, there were some polls in Miami that stayed open uh, three hours past uh, the voting deadline. And that's because they had lines that stretched for city blocks. And uh, as Leslie said, as long as you get in line, you can vote, even if it's uh, past the uh, deadline. Uh, and the reason why there were such long lines in Miami is uh, something we talked about in hour one, is that the state of Florida, in all its wisdom, had closed down a lot of the polling places, uh, especially in, er- in areas with a large uh, Latino population. Uh, so uh, it's definitely uh, 
very fishy. The other thing is I've been talking to a few of my friends across the country today, and one thing they seem to agree on is that uh, Latino turnout has been very high today, uh, which I kind of make, which I kind of expected because their antagonism and Trump's antagonism towards Latinos. So that's a good sign for Hillary Clinton. So the Latino turnout, you said you've been hearing, is high so far, not only in the early vote I had been reading about that, but you're saying also in today. Well, that's great. Um, All right, we're going to bring Leslie back on. It appears that uh, we've had the problem uh, resolved. Interesting. Hey, guys. Hey, Brian. Thank you. You know what's interesting? You just heard me off the air say this to you. I got an email from James O'Keefe at Project Veritas told him I didn't want any more emails, and then we had a phone issue. <laughs> I know. It's like, there's your conspiracy issue for the day, but, but it was a phone issue, a microphone and line issue, yeah. so we're doing a, a backup line. If it, it sounds a little different uh, in case people uh, want to know. It's because it's, a, it's sort of like it's the backup. It's the backup. Anyway, thank you, Marky Mark, for uh, uh, being there while uh, we uh, rerouted and reconnected. Sure. Brad, uh, Brad, 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 tonight is the night. You always are the predictor, and we will get uh, to that. I'm sure um, Marky Mark told everyone you run Bannon Communications Research, a polling message development and media firm that helps labor unions, progressive groups, uh, public affairs, and uh, win uh, public affairs and political campaigns, and also senior advisor to and contributing editor for Tiller4U.com. They're a social media network for politics, and you lecture in poli at Salem State University in Salem, Massachusetts, where all the good witches hail from. Uh, anyway, uh, we, you were just talking about la- the Latino vote. Um, we saw in the last presidential election, I think it was almost a, a 10% contribution uh, by the Hispanic voting population. We're seeing numbers surge, especially in states like Nevada, uh, Arizona, Florida, um, even places where they didn't know they had much of a Hispanic population, like Michigan, uh, you know, Minnesota, the list goes on. It are, and we see, we see numbers like a 147% increase in the Latino vote. Would you say the Latino vote will be responsible for 20 or, so, or even a quarter um, of the votes cast in the election when all said and done in the next 24 to 48 hours? Uh, I think uh, probably not as much as a quarter. I would say more in the 15% range. You're right, it was about 10% uh, in uh, 2012, and I think it's going to be significantly higher than that this year. Uh, People I've talked to across the country have told me that Latino polling places are jammed today. So uh, that's a good sign uh, for Hillary Clinton. And one thing you remember, if you added in 2012, if you added together the black vote, uh, the Latino vote, and the Asian vote, that was uh, 24% of all the voters in 2012. And I think that figure would be closer to 30% this year. Um, Let's, um, uh, there's so many, got so many things uh, to talk about. Wow. Okay. I, I want to talk about not just Latino, but women and African Americans. I read today that people, minorities, are more, are six times more likely to wait in line, and there are long lines right now, thank you, Republicans, than whites. Does that help Hillary Clinton with lines being so long? So in other words, I guess we could say that statistically, uh, minorities are more patient than white folks. 
Yeah, I think that's true. And the, the reason why this is happening, uh, Florida's perfect example. Uh, you've got a Republican governor, a Republican legislature, uh, and before a, they cut significantly cut down the number of polling places from what it was in 2012. And guess where they cut the polling places? In black and Latino areas. So, yeah, black and Latino voters are going to have much longer lines, but I think they're going to stick in there. Uh, I think the more obstacles you put uh, ahead of people trying to vote, uh, the more they're going to persevere. We also have seen that historically African Americans vote the day of the election, not in early voting. And I point that out because a lot of headlines uh, seem to be concerned in North Carolina for Hillary Clinton, where African American numbers were um, lower uh, for uh, this year than they were when President Obama uh, was running. Um, so a couple of things here. First, isn't it, you know, isn't it, isn't it to be expected that if first African-American is nominated and running for president, more African-Americans are going to come out? One, two, there have been great restrictions on voters in minorities, specifically African-American communities in states like Ohio and even more so in North Carolina, that have been prohibitive uh, to early voting, less options for early voting, less places for early voting, and um, also when we look at the stats. So all that to say, do you think tonight or tomorrow morning we're going to see African-American numbers higher than we've seen in early voting in states like North Carolina and elsewhere? Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, you will. I suspect that the overall turnout probably among black voters won't uh, be quite as high as it was uh, in 2008 and 2012 when they had the opportunity to vote for Barack Obama. But I think offsetting that is the fact that I think Latino voting is going to be much higher uh, than it was in 2012. Uh, you, you, um, okay, do you, you think African-American vote's going to be, or just the Latino vote? Uh, the, I think the, it might be that the black vote goes down a little bit, uh, but I think the Latino vote will go up a lot. How about women? Do you think women voters will be higher? Yeah, in uh, in 2012, uh, 53% of the people who voted uh, were women, and I suspect it's going to be a little higher than that this time because they have an opportunity uh, to vote for the first woman president. Um, I want, and also, what about the youth? I mean, one of the concerns by Democrats, even you know some. Obviously, to like Donald, has um, Hillary, you know, Leslie. All right, Leslie's uh, line is going down again, so we're going to try to reconnect with her. But I think she she wanted to get your thoughts on the millennial vote. Obviously, the youth vote was very strong for President Obama, first time voters in 2008 and 2012. Now, as you brought up, Brad, the voting population of millennials are making up, they have a bigger percentage of the population than baby boomers themselves, but the percentage at which they vote is, I believe, not nearly as high as the percentage of baby boomers that vote. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, there's a big gap, and that's always uh, been true, uh, not just uh, in this decade, but it's always been true. What happens is that people become more avid voters the older they are because they, you know, put roots down in the community. Uh, They uh, have to, uh, you know, 
worry about uh, voting on taxes in local school districts. So the millennials will be just like the baby boomers. The older they get, the more likely they are to start voting in elections. And that's a troubling sign for the Republicans uh, because about, you know, two out of every three millennials uh, voted for Barack Obama. And I suspect it will be pretty close to that for Hillary Clinton. Brad, it's me again. I'm, I'm back, and we've uh, switched back to the normal line. Uh, hopefully everything will stay status uh, quo. Uh, a question, uh, so many questions, um, one of which is you and I have talked about this before, how the country is pretty much 50-50. Even independent voters kind of lean one way or the other, depending if they're even – depending oh, – a little – Terrible jolting noise there scared me. Thought it was coming down. And even evangelicals, uh, you know, there are people that if you are more uh, socially conservative, even if you call yourself an independent, you're going to you're aligning yourself with the Republican Party. You're going to vote Republican. And I say that because there are people that say Hillary Clinton should be way ahead of this bozo, or Hillary Clinton should have a you know a much larger lead when she did have the 12 percent lead as an example a few weeks ago. Um, you had said back then. And you had said all along that once the election happens, right before the election, the race tightens, and it's almost 50-50 because that's how we are as voters in this country. Is that correct? You yeah, absolutely. That? Can you speak to that? Absolutely. And it's because, you know, essentially, we are a 50-50 nation. And so, I mean, essentially, what happens is is that uh, at least 90 you can what happened in 2012, and I think will happen before uh, this year, is in 2012, 93% of the Democrats uh, voted for Barack Obama, and 92% of the Republicans voted for Mitt Romney. Now, when you add those two together, that's about 90% of all voters. And so they've decided a long time ago they're either going to vote Democratic or Republican, and the Democratic vote is probably higher than the, a little higher than the Republican vote now. Nationally, but no one's going to ever win a landslide in this political climate because we are a 50-50 nation. Okay, so you're not surprised to see the race this close at this point in time. Uh, in other words, if it had been a case like a Rubio, a Cruz against Hillary, or even against Bernie, would we see similar numbers? Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely, because the reality is, uh, you know, roughly half the American public uh, is liberal and supports uh, Democrats, and the other uh, half is uh, conservative and support Republicans. And that's just the way we are. And it's probably going to be that way for a while. Uh, in this political climate, there aren't going to be any landslide presidential elections. And I think what's going to, what ha- may happen tonight is, I suspect, uh, Hillary uh, will win uh, probably about three or four percent, uh, which would be exactly the margin that Barack Obama won by in 2012. So that's another demonstration that the party lines and the voters are pretty fixed in their positions. So there's not much wiggle room. Okay. Um, there are those saying that, oh, she'll win the electoral vote, not the uh, popular vote. And if that happens, because Trump again today, while I was sitting there waiting to go on Fox, who would not um, verbally admit that he would concede. He's like, well, let's see how it goes. We're going to see how it goes today, depending on the outcome. I think it'll be good, but if not, we got to see. And I, I say that because I think he's forecasting, uh, you know, challenging. Um, but if she, you know, how, how likely is it with your crystal ball prediction, Brad, that Hillary Clinton wins the electoral and not the popular or the popular and loses the electoral? Because 538's Nate Silver, who I hate now, said she's one 
state uh, one um, electoral one state away from losing the electoral college. So a few things. One, do you agree that she is one um, state away from losing the electoral college? The numbers I see on all the various maps just don't add up to that. I agree with you. I think uh, she's going to end up uh, probably a little bit north of 300 electoral votes. I think there is more than many more than one state uh, separating them uh, because I think, you know, for instance, uh, Hillary has a chance to win a state that Obama didn't win in 2008 and 2012. Uh, that would be Arizona. Uh, Do you really think she'll win Arizona? I mean, even though it's a large Hispanic population, it's a very red state. John McCain's numbers are looking very healthy for him today. Well, yeah, but uh, the reality is uh, the Latino population in Arizona is increasing very quickly. Uh, Yeah, but it's not increased enough just numerically, um, even if every Latino voted, um, to outnumber the – the, the the whites. Yeah. No, I know. I know what she he said, Mark. I, I'm here. I'm listening to him. I'm here. I'm here in the interview. I'm conducting the interview, actually. Um, You know, that she is. Ch- I just don't think she has a, you know, a chance uh, to win. Uh, uh, you know, when somebody says a chance, she has more of a chance of President Obama. Uh, Latinos are coming out in much larger numbers for her than they did for him. But I just don't think those numbers are enough. And with Arizona, it's not like like my grandmother would say close doesn't count. So, you know, either you're going to win the state or you're not. And I don't think she's going to win it, even though I would love if she did flip that state uh, from red to blue. Well, uh, we'll find out. From what I know, it's a pretty close race in Arizona right now. Uh, and uh, we'll see. Uh, but, you know, actually, Hillary Clinton thought enough of it. They, she spent the day campaigning in Arizona, and that's the first time I can remember a Democratic candidate campaigning in Arizona in a long, long time. And that's why the race was relative. Is you know, I think clearly uh, Trump is going to win Texas, but I think people will be surprised at how small the margin is in Texas. And uh, I think she's going to end up with just north of uh, 300 electoral votes. Oh, just north of 300. Uh, Larry, um, uh, is it Sabato, Sabato? I never say the last name right. Um, he is uh, predicting actually 322 electoral votes for her and I think around 216 for Trump. How many uh, do you do you think that number is a bit high for her? And what kind of a number do you think Trump will get if you you know had to uh, take out the suspect, prediction ball? Uh, I suspect. Uh, the 325 is a little on the high side. Um, I would expect, you know, something in the range of 305 to 315. Um, uh, so I, I'm a little dubious about the 323. Uh, but well, so I, 305 to 315, and Trump, you would give? Excuse me? You would give Hillary 305 to 315, and what would you give Trump? That would leave him with about uh, uh, 180 electoral votes. So you don't, you don't think he's no, going to top about 200. 200. Uh, it's not going to. I don't think the electoral college is going to be real close. No, you don't. Okay. When no. we come back, we'll talk about that popular vote. And um, we'll talk about what happens if that is close, and we'll talk about if Brad thinks there's going to be any recounts in any states, as Trump supporters hope for. And Clinton supporters pray not. I'm Leslie Marshall, back with Brad Bannon, back with you right after this. Don't go away. The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people. Live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. 
to set you free. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Only True Democracy in Talk Radio of Four and by you, the people. In this hour, me, you, Brad Bannon, and your phone calls, your opinions, your questions, your comments, your concerns. It's election day. I want to know who you voted for, if you decided to stay home. I hope not. For those of you that are Bernie supporters, did you come out and vote for Hillary Clinton or will you? And did any of you throw your vote away by, you know, voting for Johnson or Stein, which in a sense is kind of like voting for Trump? If you consider yourself an independent, if you're a millennial, I saw some very young people voting today, and they appeared to be Latino. I do live in Southern California. Uh, and um, just uh, a lot of other things. But I do want to hear from you. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543 is the number. Uh, Brad Bannon is in the house, and before we take some calls, I wanted to chat with him a bit uh, about a few things. Hey, Brad, thanks for uh, joining me again in this hour on Election Day. Good to have you with us. Well, we talked about Latinos. I did a little arithmetic during the break, and if Hillary got 310 electoral votes, that would leave over 228 for Trump. Well, yeah, because, I mean, right, because it's a total of 538, so whatever that difference, yeah. Uh, So we talked about Latinos, we talked about African Americans, we talked about women, um, and uh, I want to talk, um, and we talked about Electoral College. You feel confident, uh, you don't agree with Bob Ney, who said it's going to be close, you don't think it'll, he doesn't think it'll be over 300, you do think it'll be over 300 for her, so my first question is, what do you consider a landslide? Because landslide's kind of general, if Hillary Clinton has... For example, um, if Hillary Clinton is 305 and Donald Trump is 233, or if she has even higher, 322 and he has 216, what's a landslide? More than 100 electoral vote difference, in your opinion? Well, yeah, I think if uh, she ends up with 310 and he ends up, ends up with 228, I think that's a landslide. Uh, that's a lot of electoral votes, which means uh, that, you know, she won a lot of states. So if it's that kind of spread, uh, yeah, I think it is a landslide. Talking about the popular vote, there are some people that think we're going to see a repeat of um, Gore v. Bush from 2000. Um, Do you think that will be the case, that the popular vote would be won by Donald Trump and she will win the Electoral College vote and it'll go all the way to the Supreme Court, even though that can just take a a few weeks as it did in 2000? Would that be your prediction? No, it wouldn't. I think Hillary Clinton is going to win the Electoral vote. And I think she'll probably uh, win the popular vote by 3 or 4 percent. Um, okay. As you, you had said earlier, uh, the difference that Barack Obama won over Mitt Romney, close to that uh, right. difference in percentage. So that would arguably be, um, would it be a landslide then if she has similar numbers that Obama had over Romney? Uh, no, I wouldn't consider that a landslide. But remember, this is not a time when we have landslide presidential elections, because we talked about that in the last hour. Americans are pretty much split down the middle, so you're not going to get a landslide. Okay, so before we, uh, a couple of more things, and then we'll go to our callers, okay? Okay. Um, When you go to a place like Real Real Clear Politics, as an example, RCP, uh, they give an average of different things. So let's just say Minnesota. Let's look at Minnesota. It's funny, because Trump and his people went there, and they think they may be able to win it. Her average... Um, uh, you know, her average in, in some of the RCP is up by 10%. Um, but, um, you know, overall, like Gravis has them at a tie, but everybody else has her 6, 7, 8, 10%. Um, and these are local state uh, polls in uh, Minnesota. Um, so question, when you look back, not just on Obama, you know, against Romney or McCain, but in our lifetime, historically, 
when you see that a candidate is up by, you know, you know, 2% or 3%, do they usually at the end of the day get that, that state? Are polls usually really wrong? What's been your experience as a Democratic strategist all these well, years? Well, one thing you have to remember about these polling numbers, they're, as they say, a snapshot in time. Uh, I think the reason why I think she's going to win a pretty comfortable electoral majority is that she, uh, she has been moving up during the course of the week. So I think she's gaining momentum, and some of these states that are very close, I suspect she'll win uh, just because she's been on an upward trend, and that will continue through today. Is Brad on with us tomorrow, guys? I wasn't sure. Is Brad on with us um, tomorrow? No, because, no, I'm, I'm not here either. Uh, Cliff Schechter will be hosting from 4 to 6, Michelle, or. I'm sorry. No, Leslie, no. We'll, we'll talk off here. No. Okay, we'll talk off here. Okay. Um, uh, Brad, we'll, we'll have to bring Brad back another day because I'm going to get Brad's predictions. Okay, so right now, Brad predicts Hillary Clinton will win. She will have over 300 electoral votes. Um, if there's almost 100, it's a landslide victory for electoral votes, and he thinks she'll win the popular vote by 3 to 4%. Yep, do you, what I think. Okay, do you mind looking at some battleground states or just giving me your off-the-cuff uh, prediction uh, for some of the battleground states, and then we'll take some calls? Does that sound good? Uh, sure. Okay. So, uh, battleground states of which there are many. Let's start with the biggie, Florida. Who do you predict wins? Clinton. Really? And yeah. by what? Uh, not by much, but uh, she'll win it. Okay. Pennsylvania? Uh, Clinton. Michigan? That would be, be a bigger margin than in, in Florida. Michigan? Uh, Clinton. North Carolina? Clinton. Virginia? Clinton. Colorado? Clinton. Ohio? Trump. Wisconsin? Clinton. Nevada? New Hampshire. Clinton. You really think you really think she's going to pull all of those? It, it, and, and how about Arizona? Is she going to flip that state, uh, Red, just to let you know, folks, um, Donald Trump is only up by a, a couple of percentage points in Arizona. And honestly, it's almost insulting to Republicans that he is up by just about skin of his teeth, 4% in Georgia. Um, but um, are we going to see a state like Georgia or Arizona flip uh, to Clinton? I think uh, the mo- the, of the two, the one most likely to flip is Arizona. I think the race is real close in Arizona now, uh, and I think uh, I think uh, I think Trump's going to win Georgia, uh, but uh, I think Hillary has a shot at winning in Arizona. Um, okay, God, I just want you to know, Brad, you made me tingle in all the right places when you said Clinton in all those states. And then one um, last thing: um, Will um, oh, well, a couple of things. One: Will Trump concede? These are all your predictions, my buddy. I think he won't. I think what he may do, I don't think he is going to concede. I think he's going to say something tonight like, uh, well, I need more time to study the polls. Uh, I've heard uh, stories about voting fraud in Las Vegas and Philadelphia. Uh, No, I don't think he is going to concede. I think he's going to drag it out because the longer he drags it out, the more people pay attention to him. And uh, another one is there are people that have said there would be a recount in a certain state. Will Florida be close enough that there'll be a recount there? Or do you think she wins it with enough of a margin in your prediction that she wins Florida, that that will not be an issue? I think she'll win Florida without a recount. 
That is lovely. Well, let's take some calls. I had one more question, but I can't remember it at the moment. Uh, so let's uh, let's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my last question. What time? Am I okay? I'm on television tonight on Fox Business Channel, ten, uh, one a.m. to three a.m. Eastern, and I want to know what do you think the announcement's going to come before I get on air, one a.m. your time, uh, as to who our next president is, or will it be announced while I'm there? In other words, what time do you think who is president will be announced? I think it will be before you get on the air at one a.m. Oh, Brad. Uh, we, should, we should have Brad in Vegas and see, you know, if he was right on all these things, right? Well, we'll and just rub up against him, you know, it'd be our good luck charm. Um, okay, uh, let's take some calls. Does that sound good, buddy? Um, sure. I, I, I like all your answers. Unfortunately, uh, I won't know till tonight or tomorrow if you're right on those. Um, uh, let's go to, uh, let's start out with Ishmael in Virginia, line one, uh, a state that Brad feels that Hillary will win. By the way, she does have a sizable lead over Donald Trump without all the votes being counted, even in early voting. Uh, Ishmael, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us, listening on Tuned In. Question or comment? Hello, hello. Question. Um, what I want to know, explain, educate me in terms of this electoral and uh, popular vote, because um, I'm still a little bit confused about it. Which, which, is, which one does Hillary need to win to be able to be the president of the United States? And also I want to know what five states that, that if Hillary wins, it's over for Trump. Okay, so so Brad, let's go one at a time. Brad, um, well, I can answer the first. She has to win. She can win the popular vote, but if she does not win the electoral college vote, she is not president. The electoral college vote determines the president, correct? Yes, absolutely. Okay. That's what the Constitution says. uh, Explain to Ishmael the difference between the two, because that is confusing to a lot of voters. A lot of voters might feel, well, if the electoral vote is how you win, who the hell cares what the popular vote is? But explain to Ishmael the difference between the two. Well, uh, there have been four times in American political history, the last being 2000, where the popular vote winner uh, lost the electoral college and didn't become president. And there is a discrepancy between the two. And the reason there's a discrepancy is the waiting for the Electoral College artificially inflates the power of small states uh, like Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, because everybody starts off with three electoral votes. Now, in Vermont... They have three electoral votes. If you went strictly on population, they probably have one. So the, essentially the electoral vote uh, inflates the power of the small states because it's artificially weighted uh, towards the small states. Does that answer your question, Ishmael? Yes, so the electoral okay, it, is what determines the presidency. Yes, it does. It does. Um, and then the other question that Ishmael had, Brad, was what five states – would put Hillary over the top to win. And Brad, correct me if I'm wrong here, but what I saw was that Hillary Clinton woke up today with 268 in her column and only needs one. Is my math completely off? No, I think it's right. You know, one thing you have to remember about uh, the Electoral College is that if you look at what happened in 2012, almost all the battleground states go in one direction. They almost always do. 
Uh, and I think uh, that's what's going to happen with Hillary Clinton tonight. I think uh, she's going to win the uh, Electoral College fairly comfortably. And that's because I think all these states are going to flip her way, because that's what happened with Obama in 2012. We were talking about all these uh, battleground states in 2012, and Obama won every one of them. And I think that's what happens when, the, when, you, get, when you have a candidate on the surge. It extends across all the battleground states. Uh, the five states I'd be looking at, uh, let's see, uh, 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 I would say Ohio. Uh, I think Trump's going to win. Uh, but if Hillary uh, does win uh, Ohio, uh, that will mean we're looking at a blowout, essentially. Okay, so you would say Ohio you know, would be the one state. But he said the top five to look at. So what are your other four picks other than Ohio? Uh, Nevada. Uh, let's see, uh, Nevada, Ohio, uh, North Carolina is a good example. I think Hillary's going to win, but uh, if she wins that, it, it's a very good sign. Uh, then I would say probably, uh, you know, I'll go back to Arizona. Uh, if she wins, she might win Arizona, and if she does, that's another sign uh, that we're looking for a uh, landslide. And, of course, the other state is Florida. So those are the five states I'd go for. All right. Thank you, Brad. Ishmael, hope those answered your questions. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more of your calls with Brad Bannon and I, Leslie Marshall, right after this. Uh, Brad, let's take some more calls, shall we? Okay. We've heard uh, Brad's uh, predictions. Uh, let's go to Lynn in Massachusetts, line four, listening on WHMP Radio. Hi, Lynn. Good afternoon. Hi. <clears throat> Hello. Hi. Hi. So um, can I just start with a comment? You can have a comment, question, both, your choice. Okay. Um yeah, my feeling, my view is that the, this election is really testing our, our empathy and our integrity as a people. There's been uh, an extreme, as we know, an extreme amount of contention and war and ideology, which, you know, is historical. But this one is so polarized, and so many people have reflected um, just the disbelief that the, that the colonial attitude is holding on for life, you know, seeing Trump mock people for disabilities, we hear it over and over again, and the, the misogynistic attitude, and just that old mindset is, is, is holding on um, and, and won't let go. Um, so I really feel like it's a, a test of our empathy as, as a species. Um, are we going to progress, or are we going to degress? The other comment that I had is in Massachusetts, we had an uh, a question on the ballot about changing the laws around 
protecting farm animals and prohibiting the confinement of, of farm animals, which I was really happy to see that we're finally uh, ready to, to bring that to a, um, a new level with legislation uh, to protect farm animals from horrific abuse and confinement. So let our empathy grow is my statement. All right. Thank you uh, for your statement and for calling in. Uh, Brad, anything you want to say on that? Well, one thing I'd like to say is that misogyny is definitely an issue in this campaign. Uh, Back in 2012, uh, Mitt Romney beat Barack Obama among white women by about 15%, I think it was. And what I've seen in the polls is that Donald Trump is ahead with white women, but not nearly by as much as Romney was in 2012. So I think that's one of the keys to a Clinton victory. Remember, 53% of the people who vote are going to be female, at least maybe a little higher than that this time. And uh, white women who have always been uh, pretty strong, they were strong for Mitt Romney, uh, Trump has really taken a hit. Uh, among white women because of his comments. So uh, that's another advantage for Hillary Clinton. Okay, let's continue with the uh, calls, and let's go next to Michael in the Bronx, Line 3. Michael, good afternoon. Question or comment? On Hi, line three. Hi. Can, uh, can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. All right, well, I did vote this morning. It was already crowded, and I voted just about 30 minutes after the polls opened which was um, 6.30 a.m. New York City time. And my understanding is that there's been a big turnout here in the um, five boroughs. And some people were asking, well, why is there a big turnout if um, New York would definitely go to Hillary Clinton? And the answer is, A, you're making a statement that it's important to get out and vote, not just the presidential election, but every election. And besides the presidential election, you do have some of the congressional seats of the Senate, uh, maybe the House as well. I know uh, one of my senators. Okay, uh, hold on, Michael. We've got to take a break. Hold on. We'll come right back to you. Hold on. So we get your entire comment. Don't go away. Marshall, welcome or welcome back. We're going to continue with your phone calls, but I just want to let you know that Geico has been saving people money for over 75 years. I'm joined by Brad Bannon. Brad, thanks for holding. Welcome back, and let's continue with the calls. Great. Uh, we, were, we were talking on line three with Michael in the Bronx. Uh, Michael, you talked about how you voted early. You talked about uh, long lines and why there's such a big turnout. Um, and um, also such a big turnout in a state that is very blue, and a state where when Donald Trump went to vote, there were people booing him outside. I'm not making that up. You can find that online. Michael, your no, answer, your, Michael, your answer for why there are were so many people in your blue state of New York uh, lining up to vote today? Because number one, we we're making a statement that yes, every vote does count, and we exercise our right to vote. But then there are other offices, other contests that's just as important as the presidency that yes. is up for grabs. One, of them, one of them is the Senate, one of my senators, Chuck Schumer, who is said to be um, who is said to become the next majority leader should the Democrats regain control of the Senate. Um, his, he 
himself for re-election, and it looks pretty good for him. And if I can offer my prediction in terms of the presidential and the, and the electoral college, I am with Brad that it looks like a landslide, and to me a landslide is um, 300 electoral votes or more. And the thing is, for Trump to actually, quote, win this thing, he will have to win every single battleground state, plus maybe take one or two Hillary-leaning states to, um, you know, to take it away from her. And I honestly don't see that happening, especially after the reasons Brad mentioned, that um, Trump has really done a hurting on African-Americans, Latinos, and even especially women. If you go back to 2008 also, remember how, and this is probably why I see Arizona being a possibility, we've never seen Arizona become one of the battleground states, so to speak. But remember back in 2008, we had a few of the Midwestern states that were initially red, surprisingly turned blue for Barack Obama, and the same thing happened in 2012. And what was the big factor in 08? Sarah Palin and her rhetoric. What was the big factor in 2012? Mitt Romney's ambiguity, and some people saw him as maybe a con man. This year, we have Donald Trump. That's a combination of both Sarah Palin and um, Mitt Romney. So it's kind of like go figure, so to speak. All right, uh, what do you think? Um, okay, Michael, thank you. Uh, Brad, you want to comment? Yeah, uh, one thing uh, about, yeah, I've heard the same thing Michael has, uh, but not only in New York, but uh, especially in Latino neighborhoods across the country, the turnout is going through the roof. And turnout is one reason I think Hillary Clinton is going to end up winning most of the uh, uh, battleground states. Uh, I've seen a couple of fragments of the exit poll that the networks do. By the way, don't tell anyone. I'm not supposed to have these numbers. Uh, but one thing I saw in the exit poll was that twice as many voters today uh, said they had been contacted by the Clinton campaign than there were voters who said they were con- uh, contacted by the Trump campaign. And in a lot of these race battleground states are pretty close. And Hillary Clinton has a great voter uh, get-out-the-vote operation. Trump has almost no get-out-the-vote operation uh, because most Republican state parties uh, want to stay away from them as much as they can. So that's another reason why I think we're going to see the battleground states go to Hillary because she has a great... Uh, right, yeah, well, I, I heard I heard in certain states, like uh, I think it was Nevada, uh, that uh, the Republican headquarters there were very upset because Trump didn't have the ground game uh, and didn't uh, you know let them in on helping him with any kind of a ground game. And ground game, uh, the Clinton campaign has stressed how important that is. We will see if you're correct about that tomorrow, Brad, or tonight. Uh, let's go to Doug in Bellingham, Washington, Line 5 next. Doug, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, hello, uh, Leslie and Brad. And, hello, Doug. Uh, Thanks, y'all, for having this conversation and to the listening audience to participating in this because I think this is a majorly important election. Um, I do believe that having a woman in the Oval Office uh, serving as president is a step towards world peace. We cannot have world peace unless women around the world are recognized as equal, completely equal partners with men. And this is a major step for all the women around the world seeing that women are equal partners with men and can serve an elective office just like men. 
and this is the only way we're going to get to world peace is, is recognizing that equality between women and men. Wow, interesting. Um, anything else, Doug? I think that's it. Uh, thanks, y'all, and have a good day. All right, th- thank you. Brad? Well, uh, one of the reasons that Doug brings up a point, one of the reasons I think Hillary is going to win is America, many Americans see this presidential race as a contest between going forward and going backwards. And we look at Trump's slogan, Make America Great Again, that's a backward-sounding slogan. And I think Americans uh, want a president who looks forward, not behind him. Now, I think one of the reasons, and that part of that is electing the first woman president. Uh, I think Americans want to go forward. And that means electing uh, the first female president. And I think Americans want to make history, and that certainly would be history. Okay, let's continue with the calls. 8886-LESLIE is the number. We're talking with uh, Brad Vannon as my co-host, and uh, this hour was last as well. Felix is in New Mexico, Line 1, listening on KTRC Radio. Hi, Felix. Oh, Felix, you left us. Um, sorry, Felix. Let's go to Reggie on line four in Georgia. Reggie, good afternoon. Felix, give us a buzz back, and we'll put you up here as soon as we get you in. Reggie, on, on line four in Georgia, listening on our stream on Spreaker, a division of iHeartRadio. Go ahead. Hey, happy Tuesday to you, lesbians, and to you too once again there, Brad. I would just like to know, how do you guys feel about that, when that, about that Republican protester getting beaten up by Donald Trump supporters at one of his final rallies, all because he was holding up a sign that said Republicans against Trump, all because Donald Trump himself thought it was an assassination attempt upon his life, that he had, be, had to be rushed out the stage by two Secret Service agents. I thought this guy was supposed to be an all-American tough guy. It sounds like something out of a movie, right? Yeah, Brad? Well, yeah, and, you know, that's not an isolated incident. Things like that have been happening in Trump rallies all during the campaign. And Americans may be angry, but I don't think they want a mean-spirited president. Uh, and Donald Trump is mean-spirited as you can get. And uh, I think Americans, one of the previous callers said something, uh, this is this campaigns about empathy, and I think it is. Uh, I think American, most Americans uh, want a caring uh, nation and don't want a mean-spirited nation. And that, again, uh, works to the advantage of Hillary Clinton. Um, anything else, uh, Reggie? Um, no? Okay. You had an accused President Barack Obama yelling at a protester who happened to be a Donald Trump supporter who was like 70 years old, an elderly man, a senior citizen. No, 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 but no. Was, did you, wait, did you just say President Obama yelled at an elderly man? No, Donald, Donald Trump accused him of doing that. No, Donald Trump. As a matter of fact, the one thing the president did was um, there was somebody protesting, and other people were yelling at that person, and the president said, no, let the man speak. Uh, to be clear, um, you know, one thing, uh, Barack Obama, you, you know what Oprah Winfrey said today, and I'm paraphrasing. You don't have to like Hillary Clinton. You're not inviting her to come over your house to hang out. You're electing her to be the leader of the free world. There's a big difference. And you don't have to like a leader. In other words, she's not your buddy, your gal pal. You're not inviting her over for dinner or for cocktails. Very, very different dynamic. And by the way, for people that say, you know, she wasn't very popular, and neither is Donald. Look how many people are turning out to vote. Uh, Thank you for the call, Reggie. Let's continue with the calls, and we go next to... Uh, next to Manny in Massachusetts, line three. Manny, good afternoon. Question or comment? 
Yeah, good afternoon. Um, first of all, I think Hillary is going to win Arizona. Um, I'm Latino, and I know that there is a lot of Latinos who were able to vote, who weren't registered to vote, and a ton of them registered this year after Donald Trump uh, opened up his mouth and Zagreya came out of it. So I think we're going to win Arizona. Um, I'm a Bernie guy. Um, I'm voting for Hillary because I'm, I'm basically voting for the platform. Um, and I, and I, I hope she wins. And one of the things about this election that we all got to look at is how ugly it turned and how ugly America still looks. Because right now, those white supremacy people think they have a seat at the table because of this election. It just turns too personal. And I know why it turned personal. It turned personal because Donald Trump didn't have any plans, so he wanted to make it into a a, a race of our personality because he had nothing to bring to the table. All right, Manny. Uh, thank you. Brad? Well, I want to go back to a point you made, Leslie, uh, you just made, Tim, that one of the things, you you know, we know it, the obvious, a lot of Americans don't like Hillary Clinton. A lot of Americans don't like Donald Trump. But what Hillary Clinton has that Trump doesn't, even many Americans who dislike Hillary Clinton think she's much more qualified to be a commander-in-chief than Trump. And I think that's one of her big assets. Yeah, maybe I don't like her very much, but, hey, she sure has the experience. And Trump doesn't have that going for him. Most Americans don't think he's qualified to be president. Uh, very true. Uh, very true. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with Brad Bannon. And you, you want to talk with us? One more segment, 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Don't go away. Leslie Marshall, real people, real life, real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. could be bad news uh, if uh, this is not uh, given. A county in North Carolina has requested voting hours be extended because of a voting glitch. Now, this is not just people. This is Durham County, the fourth largest county in the state of North Carolina. Durham County is a multicultural state with African-Americans and a growing Hispanic population. The Durham County Board of Elections requested today that voting in the county be extended by 90 minutes a nonprofit group has sued the State Board of Elections for the extension. The recommendation was unanimous. It was sent to the board, the State Board of Elections of North Carolina, at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. There was a glitch in their voter check-in system. It's an electronic system. In their electronic voter check-in system, and it required a switch to paper uh, roll books, the Durham County Board of Elections spokesperson Brianna Khan reported to CNN. Now, 
by state rules, all voting locations in the county have to be affected for an extension of voting hours. The county has brought in 60 additional staff to work on providing more data to the state on how much the voting has been affected. At least five precincts in North Carolina had to switch earlier in the day to paper poll books. Why not just use the damn paper to begin with, right? The move came out of an abundance of caution, according to Patrick Gannon, spokesperson for the North Carolina State Board of Elections. The glitches in the check-in software forced the precincts to switch to paper poll books to check-in voters, but no no votes cast prior to the switch are going to be affected, so they say. The error, however, did cause longer-than-expected wait times at the polling locations, according to the North Carolina chapter of the NAACP. Number one, they said, we demand that they fix this glitch. That's Reverend William, Dr. William Barber, president of the North Carolina NAACP. Uh, that was a statement obtained by CNN, and he said there were no glitches in early voting. Why now, and why in a heavy black voting area? 37% of registered voters in this county are black. More than a third. Now, the State Board of Elections is helping the county officials print extra poll books and get them to the affected precincts. Tonight, a nonprofit group went to court in Wake County, North Carolina, asking that the polls in that county be kept open for another 90 minutes. As a result of these events, voting in Durham County was interrupted at multiple sites for at least one hour, uh, said lawyers for the group Democracy North Carolina in their court filing. The action comes as lawyers for both sides are scheduled to attend a hearing at 6 p.m. Eastern in eight minutes before the State Board of Elections on the same issue. The county signed a new contract last year to use this new e-voting system designed by VR Systems. A spokeswoman for VR Systems declined comment about the problems in Durham County. Governor Pat McCrory, who was running for re-election, told CNN that he had spoken to election officials and that they had it under control. Of course, because black people aren't going to vote for him, okay? Quote, I just want the votes counted as quick as they can in all counties in North Carolina. I just talked to the elections board supervisors and said that I want every vote to count and every vote will count. Well, you can't have every vote count. If you close the polls and people lost an hour, then again, if they abide by the law and the rules and allow every person waiting in that line to vote, maybe there will not be an upset. In eight minutes, seven now, there will be lawyers before the court and we will see what happens. They said we have our lawyers going to locations. They must also encourage people not to leave because the problem is with the system, not the people. Um, Now, what they have been told to CNN is the group is lawyers throughout the state. They're not ruling out any legal action on any voter suppression issues. In past elections, the county's only used paper roll books to check in voters. They switched October of 2015, according to the electronic check-in method. This issue began around 6.45 this morning Eastern time. At all locations did have paper backup, they said. The County Board of Elections did not hear reports that any wait times were longer than 45 minutes. Quote, we're having sporadic problems just getting all of our computers up at one time. One would go up, the other would go offline. That um, uh, is Glenn Reynolds, a precinct judge, who said problems began as soon as people began voting at his site. He said the system that they used to check in voters and verify their information was not working consistently. So at least one precinct in Durham County ran out of authorization to vote forms that all voters have to fill out before they vote, according to to the Durham County Board of Elections, they've confirmed that. Precinct 31 was out of the forms that all voters must sign to uh, before casting a ballot for about an hour and a half this morning before forms were delivered. The North Carolina NAACP said the polling location turned away at least 45 people in one hour because of the lack of forms. 
However, county officials stressed that while some voters did voluntarily choose to leave because of the wait, no voters were turned away. Brad, I know you can't, you don't have a crystal ball. However, in six minutes now, these lawyers will go before the court. What do you what would what, what do you think's going to happen? Well, if I was to bet, and you know, a couple of cases like this happened in 2012, and what happened was, if if these people don't get satisfaction and don't get the extension from the state judge, uh, they can file an emergency appeal to a federal district court judge. And in 2012, uh, the federal court judges uh, basically said. Give them a chance to vote. So I suspect they'll get their extra hour, if not from the state, if from, from a federal judge. Or, or 45 minutes. Now, if not from the state, from a federal judge, unless it's neck and neck, it won't change the outcome of that state, correct? Well, yeah, but one thing you have to remember, Durham County is part of the research triangle, and that's where the Democratic vote in the state comes out of. So it could make a big difference. Uh, North Carolina probably will be close, and my guess is you're talking about you're talking about a county that is a strong that gives out a strong Democratic vote. So it may be uh, important that that they get that extra forty five minutes. Okay, and that that all would come down. This would be like emergency fast court, if you will, so that that decision would be made by today, the end of today. Yes. The, oh wow. Wow, that's it's amazing how slow the court systems are. But with things like this, there are emergencies. In the well, they have federal judges available on election day because because of things. There like are this. often problems like this. There were in 2012. And my now, is this, is, in your opinion, a coincidence? It's in a 37 percent African American voting district, or is this more a reflection of? Um, not using paper ballots and switching to these faulty electronic systems. It's not a. It's not a coincidence. States, especially in the South, have made a systematic effort to make it difficult uh, for minority voters to vote. All right. Um, eight 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 six Leslie eight 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 six five three seven five four three is the number. Uh, we're going to take some more calls, uh, but I also want to share some more interesting. Uh, we have less than a minute. Uh, Florida counties uh, turnout relative to two thousand and twelve. Uh, the total was according to five twenty p.m. Eastern in Broward County, um, up seven percent in Duval, um, up one point four percent. And in Pinellas, up 0.3.3% in those counties. Uh, for anybody holding, sorry we didn't get to your calls. Quick sentence, what do you want to leave everybody with today, Brad? Well, I think it's going to be a night where this is going to be a historic night with Hillary Clinton becoming the first female president. So all your two listeners should have a chance to celebrate uh, a great historic event tonight. I hope the next time I talk to you folks, I can say we have the first female president starting in January. You can watch me on Fox Business Channel 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. late tonight, early tomorrow morning. Have a great one. Marky Mark, Andrew, Brad, you know I love all of you, and I hope history is made tonight for me, all the women before me, and the women that follow us. This podcast is sponsored by Oasis, a paychecks company. Oasis provides small and medium-sized businesses with an all-in-one solution to simplify back-office complexities like payroll, benefits, HR, and compliance. Let Oasis take care of the HR administration so you can focus on growth, your customers, and continue to run your business fearlessly. Learn more at oasisadvantage.com slash podcast.